you guys might have noticed it's end of year, first of year, uh, kind of the holiday season. And so, you know, we're still putting some some content out there. We are a little bit more laid back. If you listen to our last episode about the business of Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> we were really laid back. And so, you know, we're, we're kind of just enjoying that, uh, you know, the holiday season, it, it's a little bit of a calmer time for both of us. And so we're, uh, you know, we're, we're enjoying that. But what we decided to talk about today, and I don't know, it's maybe, maybe it's a, a sideline, maybe it's more of an episode, but so it's fun. I, I, it, it is fun. We enjoyed it, it last time. So, so, so a year ago in January, we made some predictions of what we thought was going to, you know, what, what we were looking at small business wise in 2023. Now I cheated back then. I gave you zero notice. I actually right. made you do it right on the spot. Yeah. Uh, this time, uh, I, I kind of gave you some, you know, some heads up. So we'll see if you're better, you know, on your I toes than than actually, you know, prepping. But so what we want to do is we want to we're going to recap some of those predictions, see what uh, you know what we what we predicted, how close we were, and, uh, and then we're gonna we're, we're gonna make some new predictions here for for 2024. All right, you want to go first? Or you want me to? Uh, why don't we you have, kick it off? So let's do kind of my last year's. Okay. So last year I uh, had said that uh, interest rates were going to probably go up another 50 basis points, which is, if you don't understand that, that's about a half a percent. Okay. Right. So, um, so they would go up about that. Um, I also said the in-store sales would increase. Mm-hmm. So, um, cause I, well, maybe we'll talk about it as we get into it. In, in-store sales, hard shelf type sales would go up um, about 10%. And then the last one was that overall, um, the uh, investments or investment opportunities would probably remain flat. So, so be careful in your investments. Okay. Okay. How do you think you did? Um, I did okay on the interest rate. Yeah. I was almost nailed it. Yeah. Um, uh, the in-store sales actually. I was a little bit high from what I've seen in reports and other things. And I, and some of it's, uh, like I say, some of it's the data, unfortunately, is because we're in December and a lo- the really good data doesn't really hit until end of January. But, right, right, right. But tracking through like the, th- the uh, three quarters of the year, uh, in-store sales were up about 7, 7%. So this is interesting. Totally anecdotal here. My wife, for Christmas, uh, she picked up a couple gifts online, and one of them uh, ended up being a scammy website, oh. and she had to go through the bank. And I mean, so banks, like, they they protect you. They uh, do. And, Thank heavens. And, I, and I'm grateful that that is just kind of an industry standard where they're like, look, if it's fraud and not your fault, you don't pay for it. Well, and um, most banks go after the fraud, too. I don't know if you know that. Well, they it, work heavy with on the backside with uh, agencies to go after those individuals. Well, and it kind of does depend how because there's so much more fraud than everything that they can go after. But yeah, they do. You know, yeah. they they go after. So, but she had a pretty sour taste in her mouth, and then she had another issue that popped up with just the delivery packages being mailed, and you know, it was. One, it got tracked, uh, and it said that it was delivered. Turns out it was delivered to the wrong house. Mm-hmm. And now she literally is, you know, all she got was, uh, well, here's the address it was delivered to. And so she's supposed to go knock on their, I've never heard of this before, right? <laughs> and she's supposed to knock on their door and be like, um, did you get my package? Like, so anyway, she she's uh. a little frustrated with all this. And she makes the comment. She's like, you know, if this keeps up, I'm going back to stores. And it was just kind of a thing of, you know, everyone looks at online like, oh, look how amazing online is. But But this is, here's the problems with it. Here's what's amazing. So why we're just on this, I'm going to stay on it. So even, so last year, um, I think if I remember the number right, online sales were about 15% of total retail sales. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know what it was this year? I, I don't actually. Uh, 14 to 15%. Okay, so now, now they like, predicted that it would be higher, and through the third quarter, 
Um, it was there were some spikes that were like uh, potentially going sixteen percent, um, and then that doesn't count the fourth quarter. But so at best, I'm saying online total online sales. People think that it's really high, but it's but, not. Well, so this is what's really fascinating, and I apologize because I don't have the data behind this, uh, and so I want to put that disclaimer out there. But uh, packages keep increasing. The number of packages being shipped keeps increasing. Yeah, and I so, can see that. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying, all right, are we still making our major purchases? You know, like I would be curious when you're talking about in-store, does that include, for example, auto? Because if I go and buy a car for $30,000, that is a lot of T-shirts that I have to mail uh, to, to get it, the same dollar equivalent. Yeah, so uh, could be, um, because I know in some numbers it does, because when they look at total retail sales as dollars versus online, that's how they, they just look at total dollars, not necessarily. They do fracture it out. I've seen sometimes where they fracture it out by clothing and you know, shoes, uh, mm-hmm. home goods, uh, lumber, things like that. Yeah. But but that's the thing is like lumber. I'm not buying that online. You know, I might yeah. order a desk that, right. you know, you kind of assemble. But if, I, if I'm buying actual lumber, I'm going to a store and I'm going to buy that. If I'm buying a car, I'm going to go to a right. store and I'm going to buy that. And, and so, which, total side tangent, the first time my eyes were open to how big auto industry is like it's huge and all the support that goes into the auto industry like i i had no idea that it was as big as it was like you know the same thing with communications well that you look at like auto and communicate transport and and communication like those two things are always huge and yeah yeah, but it's you still when you yeah I get the argument with the car of thirty thousand, but uh, the majority of people are not buying a car every year. That's true, but yet you're still spending, you know, thirty thirty to forty percent of your income on consumer goods. Yeah, so to, you know, do the math on that because about thirty on average about thirty percent has to maintain just your house, utilities, rent house payment, things like that. A third then goes to consumer goods and a third is discretionary. Yeah. So I don't know. Interesting. But when you made that prediction in the back of my mind, I thought no way. And the fact that, I mean, I'm not going to give it that you hit it spot on, but I think that, you you know, like you definitely marked the trend and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. And I think, and I don't, I don't know that I would make that one of my, predictions this year but i do think that um as covid has come down there, there's a social aspect about touch feel because we're as humans see i think that's what drives it more than anything especially when it comes to clothing goods uh we really loved our senses to feel it you know mm-hmm. Even in a weird way, you don't realize you do it, but a lot of people, as you're touching clothes, even the smell, oh right? yeah, right, yeah. is part of that experience. Even though it's it's minor, it's significant, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think uh, in store sales are going to at least continue on that trend. So I don't think they're going to decrease. So, so this is really interesting. Do you remember? And I think the movie's called The Net. It's an old 90s oh, movie like with, with Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah. And who is the Is guy? it Sandra Bullock? Is yeah, that her name? Yeah, Sandra Bullock. I was going to say Sarah Bullock, but it's Sandra. You're okay, right. Okay, okay. So, um, I don't know who the guy is. I actually watched that one in theaters, and I thought it was okay. But the concept, the premise of that movie, now this is late 90s, and yeah. the premise of that movie is, is that, you know, here you have this lady who lives 100% online. Yeah. 20 years later, <laughs> you still really don't have anyone who's living completely online. I mean, to an yeah. extent, there are some people that are dominant online. Like, that's their, you yeah. know, the, their MO. But there's a lot more people who have j- it's a mix. It's a well, hybrid. But so here, and I always <clears throat> say this with when it comes to, uh, economic projections. Just be careful because, uh, for instance, 
you go back, I don't know, five years ago, Elon Musk said by 2022, we'll have all these, uh, you know, um, autonomous cars driving and it's going to, you know, there will be trucks and it's going to cost jobs and this or that. And he was completely wrong. Yeah. Okay. And though I still think it's going to go there, but I think there's only, if I remember the numbers right, I think there's only one company right now who's actively has autonomous cars that are functioning in test models to do it. Right. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Three years ago, everyone thought, oh, you know, truck drivers are yeah. you know, going to be replaced. But it's, see, they can't figure out, they can't figure out how to do an autonomous car that compensates for weather. Oh. Yet, right? Because if I'm driving along and the road is dry and all of a sudden goes to snow, the car has to completely do different things. And if the car is following lines, because, you know, a lot of the cars nowadays, they have self-assisting, and but they track lines. And so I can eat a hamburger while my car kind of drives. I yeah, don't know yeah, if you've yeah. been in one. They're, they're super fun. Yeah. But but all of a sudden, lines disappear. The car doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So put snow on the road or put uh, a lot of rain on the wo- road with reflection so you can't see lines. And it changes that behavior. But here's another interesting thing is um, I was reading a book by a guy uh, it's been a little bit now, but he said something fascinating that makes me think about when we talk about projections and moving forward. He said when Microsoft Excel came out, okay, the projections at that point in time was that it was going to kill f- the financial industry mm-hmm. because everyone would be able to do their own books, spreadsheets would take over, whatever. The only thing that it did was supercharge it. Right. Right. And that happens a lot. And more people were hired, more money was invested in it because it allowed us to be more efficient, more effective and do more Mm -hmm. than than when uh, without it. Mm -hmm. So it actually supercharged. It actually didn't kill jobs. It created more jobs. Yeah. Right. So my argument with autonomous cars and other technologies you hear coming out, I'm like, I think you got to wait and see because. Too many other industries, you know, when, matter of fact, I think go clear back. And I wasn't, uh, you might get the information better on this. When you go clear back to like the industrial revolution, the cotton gin and things like that. Oh, yeah, it's going to wipe out people and cost jobs. All it did was supercharge it because we could collect cotton faster, which now allowed us to make more factories, which we needed more people to run factories. It it didn't actually kill jobs. It actually enhanced the industry through that technology. Well, well, the fascinating thing is, so if you look at like the 1930s, even into the 1940s, most people had their working clothes. And when I say working clothes, like an outfit, (laughs) you know, they had their Sunday clothes. You know, like even if, if you weren't church going, you still had a suit for, you know, a funeral or a nice dress or something like that. Uh, Dance on Friday night. Yeah. And then you maybe had one other out, like we're talking three, maybe four outfits. And what happens is our appetites, you know, they're almost, almost insatiable. Uh, You know, I, I do think there is a saturation point, but as things get produced, we just claim more. And, you know, and so we have the technology, the capacity to solve a lot of our own problems, but we can't solve our appetite problem where we just, you know, yeah, that, that whole gluttony feeling the, the need to make our senses, our five senses have some satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. But so so along with that AI, that's the same thing I'm going to say with AI. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to kill jobs. I'm like, ah, I think you better be smart enough to wait and see because I don't think it's going to destroy jobs. And my attitude is I think it's going to supercharge some industries that will now have significant growth that couldn't otherwise have done it without that technology. But the, the thing is, when I people guess that's one of my projections, predictions. I don't think we'll see it in a year, though. Okay, okay. So let, let's get clear. What is the prediction here? Uh, I just, I think that where everyone is saying that not everyone there's some common concern that AI is going to wipe out jobs, mm-hmm. replace jobs and this or that. I don't think it will. I think it's going to be like Excel back in the day and it's going to allow industries, not every industry, because it will have 
it will affect a few, but I think other industries will be allowed to be supercharged, be more effective at what they do, and it's going to allow them to grow, creating more jobs. Well, and that was the point that I was going to make when you said, you know, people say, oh, it's going to kill jobs. I'm like, it tends to kill jobs in very specific areas and grow other jobs, and so it can shift markets. But, it, but it's almost always more growth than what it kills. Yeah, yeah. And so... Which, so there, you do, you, there's a, a shift or a diversification, but it doesn't, uh, so you think it's going to wipe it out. But my, you know, I've argued for years that technology does more damage to jobs and, and changing of industries than government ever will. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fascinating. So. All right. Why don't for, you sa- say- for sake of time. Yeah. Did, did, did you go over all your predictions and, uh, and what you thought you had? So, no. So, actually, here's the other ones I kind of thought of, but I, I kind of like where the conversation went versus what I had thought well, about. No, no, I don't want you to give your new predictions yet. Oh, okay. I'm talking so, the yeah, review the old ones. of yeah. last year. How, yeah, how well review, did you last do? One, uh, in-store sales were not quite as high. They were 7 versus 10, but by year end with Christmas sales, they could be. Uh, maybe we'll do a follow-up, and but at least I'm trending in the right direction um, investments terrain flat. I don't know that I, I think it depends on the industry because, uh, investment wise stock markets kind of did okay. Housing industry stayed strong. I mean, it flattened out, but mm-hmm. it still stayed strong. So, um, I probably undershot that one. Okay. Okay. All right. Go I ahead. think you did pretty good, you know? So, uh, while you're talking, I was, I was cheating over here and looking at mine. <laughs> so, uh, one of them that I had was uh, I, I predicted growth in kind of a new business area, which I'm, I'm going to do a continuation prediction on this. And uh, I'm, I'm going to give myself credit that I, I would say that the AI uh, revolution yeah, is meeting what, what I predicted would happen, is that there would be some sort of new technology that would really be up and coming and... Uh, and so I think that the uh, the AI uh, meets that, you know, checks that box for me. Pat myself on the back and say maybe I got lucky, but but I'll take it. Um, I buy it. I, I I made a prediction that uh, multi stores would grow, single stores uh, would uh, would die. I don't know that I can actually validate this one way or the other. Uh, I know in industries that. I am in, there is definitely some consolidation going on. Yes. And and so if you look at consolidation, I do feel like there was a spur of consolidation that kind of came from COVID. I don't think COVID caused it. I, I think that a change in market was a catalyst to things that were already in play. And, okay. and so... Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't really validate that one uh, strictly anecdotal, but I, I am seeing in industries that I'm watching, I am seeing consolidation happening. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Oh, this bubble with freelance work. Um, I, I don't think I, I predicted a bubble and it's more of a uh, kind of a realignment. So everyone went to work from home and now you're seeing companies pull back. Uh, there are companies that have mandated that people that work for them have to be back in the office. They've given yeah. deadlines to when they have to be back in the office. And so, uh, but it was not a bubble. You know, I definitely predicted a bubble that it was going to just, you know, we were we were too big with the freelance. Everyone was doing freelance. I, but it, it's more of, if you look at like a product life cycle, we're kind of more in that shakeout phase where, you know, people that have a good uh, freelance model or remote model are refining it and doing even more with it. But people who just jumped on the bandwagon, those companies, they're shaking out and they're saying, no, we want you back in the office. Um, but, but a lot of them have kind of to your point in a bubble or what else. It hasn't been a complete shift because there's a lot of hybrid. You yeah. Know, we want you in three days a week. You know, you can be out too, working from home to save on commute or whatever else. So I, I see the hybrid being tested right now because uh, there's a lot of people who kind of like that. I can be from home. I can do it. Hi- hybrid is nice, you know. Yeah, and I so I don't think 
Uh, I think there will be some that will stay remote. Um, and I still think that as numbers go, remote is going to stay growing. Yeah. But hybrid, I think, will become more common. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think it will become the standard. I think that yeah. companies will be required to offer some form of hybrid. Even company... Well, okay. Now I'm cheating and I'm doing a prediction. So you got to sneak go, no, one go in. So nope. I'm going to sneak one in. Yeah, okay. Uh, one of my predictions is that... Businesses that you think wouldn't make any sense for a hybrid, I think they will figure out a way to offer hybrid work because hybrid will become, it, it, it's going to become just as standard as like people want retirement or people want, uh, you know, health insurance, people want hybrid work. And so I think you're going to see industries and, and I'm picturing like a grocery store where you think to yourself, there's no way I could offer hybrid work in a grocery store uh, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see where grocery stores are going to be more automated and you're going to see people that are now working from home, uh, you know, overseeing Banks technology. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think, I think you're going to see it, you know, restaurants, grocery stores, uh, you know, amusement parks, uh, any, any area that is having this labor shortage. So unskilled labor, uh, that they use to just kind of have a lot of people, I think they're going to look to technology and hybrid work to fill in that gap. And so that's okay. that's one of my predictions. Especially on the managerial I even think, side, you think? I, I think down at an entry-level... Well, all you know, right, we're going to... I'm curious to see where you go because... Um, I don't remember if I was reading it or I was talking to someone, but they were talking about uh, the article, and maybe maybe it was with you because I mean we chat a lot. But uh, Walmart is seriously considering going back to just tellers. So oh, really, no, this is not something that because their their loss, their leakage, their loss through leakage from self checkouts is is now they have calculated it's it exceeds what it would be if they were paying someone. Yeah. Okay. That's really fascinating. Yeah. But, but here's, this is where this is stemming from. My son, who's 18 years old, made a comment to me and he said, I don't want to interact with anyone that I don't need to interact with but I do want to interact with people that I need to interact with. And what he was inferring mm. is when he goes to a restaurant, he doesn't need a person to pour his Coke. Yeah. He's like, I can have a machine pour my Coke or make my sandwich. There's, there's nothing saying that it has to, and this is something he wanted. Like, it's funny, you really? and me, yeah. Like a subway, you go in and make your own sandwich? No, like the machine, like you punch in uh, and then somehow automated it just goes through yeah and it just it just automates the food preparation because okay. if you That's... think about so a, a subway sandwich seems a little bit more complicated but let's just go with a mcdonald's hamburger right okay so i've got two buns they're on a little conveyor belt they go through they get toasted just right you know yeah. my burger is getting cooked it gets flopped right onto that bun squeeze a little bit of sauce yeah. on it dump the pickle close that bun wrap that sucker up and the whole thing like do you need someone doing that you don't need that and the thing that was interesting to me this is the whole going back to the jetsons i know i know I mean, I don't know. Some people won't remember the Jetsons. But. <laughs> but he wanted that. So to me, I looked at this as like, oh, great. Why, why did he say he wanted that? Because to him, it was a waste of time to not really interact with someone, but have to interact with someone. If you think about the last time that you went to McDonald's or Burger, I don't care where you go, right? A burger joint. And I'm, I'm talking chain here. I'm not talking, you know, yeah, a, right. you know a, 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 a malt shop type burger right. joint. But you went into a chain. You had an interaction with the, the person there. How meaningful was that interaction? It wasn't. Yeah. You know, they're like, hello, welcome to McDonald's. What can I get for you? Uh yeah, I'll take number, one, uh, number okay, five great, and all right, thank you. That'll be twenty one fifty nine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, so in his mind, no benefit to that. And he's like, why do I want to interact with someone who doesn't want to be there? And what generation does he fall into? He is the tail end of millennial. Um, I thought, what is it? Gen X that comes after millennial Uh, or Gen Z? Gen Gen Y. Is it Z? Well, I'm a Gen Xer. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a Gen you, Xer. Yeah. So I thought it went. Because I'm the front of an X. You're the tail of an X. Uh, yeah. I almost made millennial. Did you? Yeah. The Y's and then Z's. Yeah. So your son's got to be a Z. He's 2005, born 2005. Oh, okay. So anyway. That's, to, I'm curious to see if that's going to be common amongst that yeah, he generation. He doesn't want to interact with someone wow. at a at a meaningless level. Now he did point out that he wanted to have interaction. If it mattered, you know, he wanted to have, so he's not trying to kill customer service here. He's just saying, why do I need someone to do this for me? That's a temperament issue versus a generational issue. Uh, yes, but no, Uh, I, I, I think the thing that, that shocks me. So my other son who he is 15 right now, I was talking to him once about online privacy and he was looking at me like, why would you want online privacy? Like open source sharing to him was a better thing. And in my mind, online privacy was a better thing. And because we were talking about, you know, uh, whether he was going to do a Google doc or whether he was going to, and I'm like, well, the problem with Google is Google, you know, they, you know, they, they mine all of your information, and I don't like that. And he's like, I do. He's like, I like having all the recommendations of what the algorithm thinks that I want. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I find that offensive. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me think for myself. And so yeah. really, really yeah. kind of interesting. Okay. But... Uh, Okay, what were your other ones then? Okay. Because otherwise we're going to... I know, I know, I know. Totally going to This is terrible. So uh, the, the last one was my apocalyptic one, and I gave myself 10 years, uh, and that was that governments are going to be completely revolutionized. And so... I still believe that one could happen because I've been on a number of podcasts that prominent individuals who love politics... In fact, they don't, they don't know that it will happen, but they want it to happen. I think there are enough people that are fed up with the inefficiencies you know, in politics. What's really interesting is there was, um, oh, do we have time? Let's go. Okay. We're, we're going. So I'll do it real quick. So this was super interesting that I didn't make a correlation until he said it. So uh, Walker and Dunlop, they do that Walker yeah. webcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you, you haven't listened to him, I love him. If you haven't been to it, you need to go and start listening to them. They're fantastic. Anyway, so Willie Walker was talking about it, and he said he grew up in D.C., He and I don't know what his dad actually did, but um, anyway, so he grew up in D.C., and he said what killed politics um, and bipartisan politics was the decommissioning of the airline industry. So now... Huh. Now the airlines, now that it was so, now that Southwest, I could fly back home every weekend for a hundred bucks. I don't need to stay in DC. I go there, I do my couple days and then I go back home to my family. And he says, so, so he says, when I grew up, everyone who was in politics through, you know, your representatives, your senators, they all lived there. And so all their kids went to school, they played together. So on the sidelines of games, I was sitting next to Republicans were sitting next to Democrats. We had to talk, right? Yeah, yeah. They had to talk because they were so interrelated. But as soon as you don't bring your family to D.C., you don't have any reason to talk to so many ones. So now you, you've broke down those relationships where even, you know, because uh, you and I are both fans of this one, you know, when we just, it, like the other day, I just picked up some guy hitchhiking and had a great conversation. But, <laughs> but we do have a full episode on hitchhikers <laughs> if you want to check it out. <laughs> but when you sit down, you know, normally you'd say, "Oh, I'm dirty and I don't know, I'm stinky, whatever else." You know, you, you come up with all these things. But it's interesting when you actually have the conversation with them and realize that they're a human and they have issues and problems and they're trying to work through them and you have a different respect for them, right? Right, yeah. To where you're less critical of them and now you can bridge a lot of gaps is where he was kind of going with it. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating that that perspective and as he was sharing it, I'm like, 
I bet he's 100% right because he says, yeah, you go on any, what, Thursday, Thursday afternoon, Friday. He says, you know what, airports are full of your uh, your political leaders because they're all flying back home where they're going to go be with, with their extreme politics and the people who think the same. They're not spending any time getting to know the people so that a level of respect is there. So at least you can bridge gaps and come to some consensus versus staying polarized. Well, that, it was fascinating. So, so, so I think that's a huge piece and I'm going to add another. So there are a lot of layers that could be added to this one. Uh, I'm just going to add this one, but think about it. If someone's frustrated with the government, it used to be, I look at my parents' generation, they literally wrote their senator. They wrote their yeah. representative. They would mail a letter yeah. to their senator and the representative. Today, if you're frustrated with government, do you ever go to your senator and representative? No, you go to people, social media. Yeah, they put some stupid rant on, on Facebook and everyone else is like, ah, delete. I don't want you as a friend anymore. And, but and all kinds of crazy stuff. If you think about your channels of communication, so different. It's so different. And at some point, we look at it. Okay, so having all of these representatives and these senators, and, and I'm talking from U.S. politics. I think this will take a global change. By the way, I don't think this will mm -hmm. be limited. In fact, okay, I'm going to update my prediction, and I'm going to say that yes, governments are going to go through a significant change. It's going to start with the small yet significant countries. You know, so I, I, I'm just pulling this out as a for instance. This is not my prediction, but you look at the country of Sweden. All right. Yeah, they're a powerhouse, so though. Th they are a pretty impressive country, but they're very small. Uh, if I think yeah. population about 10 million. So uh, one of the things that I find fascinating about Sweden, right? My niece just went on a, her honeymoon to Sweden. And when they got there, they, so prior to going, they took a bunch of American dollars and they converted them over to the Swedish, I don't, Krone or Krona. Don't look at me. I, I think it's, I You've think it's. You've been there a, more than me. I've never been to Sweden. I've been to Finland. Okay. What is uh, it in Finland? Uh, they're on the Euro. Finland's on the Euro. Sweden's probably Euro too. No, they're not. They've refused to be on the Euro? They're not on the Euro. Yeah. Do they even it's, accept Euro? Uh, no, they won't. And so, really, but this is where it gets fascinating, right? Okay. So they cashed in and they got all these. I think I think it translates to crowns, right? So it's like krona or something like that, okay. right? And so they have all these the 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 Swedish currency in paper currency, and when they get there, they find out that they cannot use paper currency in Sweden. Sweden is ranked the number two cashless country in the world. And the only places that will accept paper currency are places like grocery stores, uh, official, you know, buildings. So do they have to go buy like a prepaid credit card? Well, so they reached out to me and there's like, hey, you know, and, you know, they're newlyweds. So they weren't planning all that. They're like, hey, you travel internationally. Help us out here. So we got them all squared away so they could have a good time, you know. And I'm like, what? okay, are you able, you know, like you have a place to stay and food to eat, right? And they're like, yeah, we're like we're okay with that. Like, <laughs> we but can't we're, buy anything. we're trying to souvenirs. go to, we're trying, yeah, they can't buy any souvenirs. Go to the museum. They're trying to go and, and tour places. <laughs> and they're like, they won't accept cash from us. Really? And, uh, you know, and, and they're like, we, we've got, uh, I think they had a debit card or something. And they're like, but it's going to max out if I keep going. Cause I put, you know, all yeah. of our vacation money is in money form. And, and so anyway, the point that I'm getting at is to say, you look at a place like Sweden that's very, you know, technologically progressive to say, hey, you know, we don't even accept cash. Like, not that it's inconvenient or we prefer, it's like, no, you know. And so I actually pulled it up and read about it. And there are some countries that they don't accept, uh, you know, digital but then there are other countries that don't accept cash. And the U.S. actually kind of is in, in the middle there where if you think about, you know, how many cash transactions, like for me, I still carry around a little bit of cash yeah. because every once in a while you just need the cash. That's right. You know, and, and so we're not cashless. But, and there are other places, you know, if, if you well, go. And, and what's nice now that, 
most credit cards are really good about international rates and exchange where you don't feel like you're just getting it's hammered. It's so they, easy they, for me to go to Europe yeah. and I don't even I don't even call my bank and let them know. I just show up. But when I go to Europe, I still carry around euros in cash you're form right. yeah. because when you're out walking they have so street many vendors yeah, and street vendors and different things that they're just like, yeah, we only take cash. And so I always keep yeah. a little bit of cash on me. And yeah, which is smart. But so I, I'm going to update my prediction to say it's going to be spurred by a country like Sweden that is big enough that people will notice, but small mm. enough that, you know, like it's going to take places like the United States a second to right. really you know, turnover. And so, but I think you'll see these going to kind of like a, a social media model where it's algorithm based. It's very technological, you know, using technology to, uh, you know, drive the political system. Voting will be different. Um, you know, like I, I could picture getting on your phone, pulling up the, you know, <laughs> USA gov app and, Voting. And, and, and like filtering through the, you know, the agenda items that are important to you and then voting in and leaving comments. That and would be interesting if that day ever comes. You know, like, hey, what do you think about this bill? Should we, you know, should we put it, uh, you know, like, like, should this bill be a law? Yeah. And like, so anyway. Right, okay. So why you aren't predictions? Why don't you f- keep going? Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a prediction, uh, and I was thinking about this one. So uh, I am going to predict that one of the major tech players, major tech players. So you think about big tech, you know, you think about Google, uh, Facebook, or Meta, if you want to talk about, you know, what the company is. Um, you got TikTok, and I forget who the parent uh, company is of TikTok. It's out of China. Um, but I'm going to expand that. I'm going to say Amazon is a major tech player. Microsoft is a major tech player. Apple is a major tech player, right? I'm going to predict that one of the major tech players is going down. Ooh. Now, when I say Ooh. going down, and I'm going to put some qualifiers on this, I don't think that they're going to crash and burn. Like be bought out or what? I think that they are going to be unseated by something. I think that something okay. will come along. It will be bigger, better. And it will either be bigger, better, and and take their spot, uh, push them into more of a, of a niche AI space. I the ability to do that. I, I think that AI could. I think I've that there seen. are players that we don't know about that are just waiting for their chance. So, I mean, like right now, TikTok is really putting pressure on Instagram. And TikTok's yeah. winning. Well, but... Even AI, I saw that there's some Instagram people that have been AI generated that have extremely high following. Yeah. Which is crazy because you can't, I, when you look at, I can't tell you that it's not a real person, but AI has said based off of websites that get really high hits, they have these facial hair, <laughs> tattoo, earrings, whatever these characteristics mm-hmm. and it pulls from that and generates one. And then they've created sites with that, that now people are following with really high. So think about it. If I could use AI to do that and create a following that generated money for me. Oh yeah. I just haven't gone down that road yet, but I think people will mm-hmm. and it will become a money stream from fictitious stuff. Yeah. You know, deep fakes are going to be the least of your worry. Yeah. Yeah. And so, mm. To, to, you know, to put some parameters around my prediction, uh, I'll give you some examples. Uh, I look at Barnes & Noble and that type of fall where okay. right. you can still go to Barnes & Noble today and they're still one of the larger booksellers, mm-hmm. but Amazon That's dethroned yeah. Barnes & Noble, you know. And so I think that's going to happen to one of the big tech. And I could even put in there, I'm stretching a little bit here, but when I say big tech, walmart.com is big tech. Uh, however, I don't think that will be where it's going to land, you know, but it's going to be, you know, one of one of those big tech, I, I think something's going to come around the corner and just okay. you know, unseat them. 
right. There you go. What's what? What's? Give me your prediction of yours. Twenty twenty four. Um, I think that you're going to see, um, in house, uh, meaning America is in house manufacturing, continue to significantly increase. Okay. I think that COVID, uh, even though it's calming down, I think too many people were, especially in manufacturing industries across the board, uh, were too frustrated at supply chain issues that now that they've started to in-house and find other local suppliers and things like that, that I think that trend's going to continue um, and maybe arguably even fracture some international um, exporting, importing. Like relationships. Be- and yeah, On an economic level, just yeah. because of the fear of the supply chain issues that we've had. Yeah. So I, you know, you've seen that shift a little bit and I think it's going to actually be significant this year. That's, that, that, that's a good prediction. I like that prediction. All right. I'm going to make, and this might be my last prediction. Um, I think that the, and I'm, I'm limiting this one to the United States. However, I don't think it will be limited to the United States, but I can only speak to the United States here. I think that housing will be the biggest market driver in the United States in 2024. As housing, you know, whether the housing market is healthy, Mm. if the housing market is healthy, I believe that the rest of the economy will stay healthy. If the housing market tanks, I believe that the rest of the economy will tank. And I think that you will be able to track the uh, you know the the U.S. economy as housing will be the primary driver in 2024, and I'm going to extend this prediction to say that if we can get ahead of the housing crisis, I think that we will see a very prosperous year. I think it'll be a great year, but if we don't get ahead of the housing crisis then I think that we will stagnate. Now, I'm not talking like doom and gloom, 1930s depression, but I think that you'll go back to a kind of a 2008 recession if we don't get a hold of housing in 2024. Like 2024 to me is your turning point where you either need to come up with, you know, some real solutions or it's going to kick us into, you know, a recession that is going to, you know, prolong for several years. So one of my predictions is on the same line of yours with housing. Um, slightly different angle. See, I, I think the Fed rate uh, is going to come down at least a half a percent this year. So you'll be back down into that four, five, four, six. Yeah. And I'm which, mixed on that. I'm pretty sure that will happen, but uh, it, it will happen. Um, I, whether it goes lower, I don't know, but that will help with the housing people wanting to buy houses. But I, I don't think um, at least in the mountain West uh, housing prices to decrease or flatten out. I still think you're going to see six, 7%. Increases in the pricing of houses, which I think if that happens, I think that that puts us at economic risk. I agree. That's my fear that because the the housing market doesn't cool off enough that now other parts of the nation are not as bad. Uh, There are, you know, Arizona, Florida, Colorado, to some degree, Uh, California, interesting enough, is still in a housing crisis. Um, So there's, you know, there might be other parts that it's affected, but the mountain West, at least anyways, I don't think it's going to cool down enough. And I think it's going to still be disruptive. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, I could go into like uh, conspiracy theories for 2024, <laughs> but I think I'm going to call it good with my predictions. Uh, uh, I know I'm going to throw Actually, one thing no, out. Okay. So no, you brought it up. Okay. So when we end, I want to hear one conspiracy theory and I'll have one as well. Okay, well, before I get to the conspiracy theory, and I apologize, this is like the longest episode we've ever done. If you're still listening, thank you for being a diehard with us. This is 
what I want to point out. It's not a prediction, but um, it's an observation. Have you noticed that people aren't working like they used to? So anyone who works 40 hours doesn't work for it. They don't go, they don't show up to work for 40 hours. And it's putting all sorts of strain on supply. You cannot get stuff like you used to be able to get stuff. And I think that's a really interesting like we've shifted our quality of life experience because, you know, this goes back to the hybrid, you know, yeah, working from yeah. home and whatnot. And people have more flexibility. Uh, I was talking with some colleagues yesterday about, you know, the difference of growing up, how often our parents came and watched, you know, sporting events versus how often we watch our kids in sporting events. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, you just couldn't. It was, you know, dad worked. And so dad was right. always gone. Right. And, and, where we grew up, it was a little bit more traditional. Dad worked, but in other places, it was mom and dad worked. That's right. And and now there's a lot of, oh, you know, someone pulls out their phone. They're like, I'm working right now. And that happens all the time. But so quality of life has increased in terms of like family life or availability. But, uh, you know, getting product in, getting services in a timely manner, uh, it's bad, like no one can get it. And, and at first I thought it was just where I was operating, you know, the yeah. businesses that I was working with, okay. but talking with others are like, Oh yeah, we just can't get this. We can't get this. We can't get this. We can't get this. You know, it can't get workers, can't get inventory, can't get supply, can't get people to respond. And I'm like, huh? So, all right. I don't know if I saw long enough for you to think of your conspiracy theory. Oh, I have a good one. Okay, I want your conspiracy theory. Because I don't have one yet. So while you're talking, I'm going to be thinking. This would be my conspiracy theory. Just because of all the chatter lately, um, the actual, actual hard evidence of aliens will be presented. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's, because with all the UFO sightings and the whole... Uh, no, supposedly no, no. the Mexican government releasing evidence of aliens. and I, I want to get clear. Are you saying that aliens will be prove, proven? Or are you saying that strong evidence will try to prove that? Uh, so I think something that is extraterrestrial will come that is tangible. Because right now there's still an argument, well, we have something, well, we don't have it, well, we have it, we don't have, well, what do you have, right? Right? But there will be a piece of technology, um, actual, someone will take biopsies from something and they'll say, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not earthly, it is extraterrestrial, it's biological. I I think that's going to be my conspiracy theory. That's your conspiracy theory? Okay. All right. I'm going to go to the moon. Uh, Nice. <laughs> I'm I I I I am I'm like a closet moon conspiracy where it's like did we ever land on the moon and my big argument is like what have we done over the last 50 years like why and and every why can't you put a man back on the moon yeah <laughs> and and so I'm saying you didn't so 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 and maybe I'm cheating and cuz you wanted a conspiracy and I'm moving it to I, a prediction I like that one though but I think what's going to happen is I think with all of this private space exploration and these multinational uh, space projects, I think that, um, and unfortunately I, I suspect it will be the United States, but it could be a country like Russia. Uh, I think I think there's going to be some embarrassing moments where people who, you could know, be bad. like they, they – fabricated some information. China says they're going to have someone on the moon this year. Yeah. So so I, I, I think, I think there's going to be some embarrassing moments when all of a sudden, you know, everyone play it off as a deep fake. (laughs) And so, so anyway, that, that's where I'm going with the moon conspiracy is I'm like, okay, how, how real was all that? And here's a, a fact for you though, that, that is, uh, what year did the United States put their first probe slash satellite, anyways, on Mars? On Mars? Yeah, their first expedition. To I thought Mars. it was in the eighties. Was it eighty three? I was gonna say eighty three. I should have said eighty three. Yeah. 
83. And look at to now with all the technology, we still, I, I argue, we still don't know much more about Mars, which is crazy. I mean, with the rovers and other things they have up there now. But, okay, so to me, space exploration, today space exploration is like new world exploration back in, yeah. and you look at, you 1700s. know. 1700s. Well, I'm even going to go before that. Really? So everyone argues that Christopher Columbus, you know, discovered the new world. And I'm like, well, no, we know that the Vikings were in the new world first. And there's yeah. a lot of theories that there are others that were, you know, traveling into the new world. Right. Columbus was the first one who made it stick. Yeah. You know, because every other one before the first that. one that made it known through multiple countries. Yeah. So I really like Columbus, actually. I think that he got a bad rap. You know, a lot of people blame him for, you know, trying to kill Native Americans. And I'm like, no, he was trying to get to India. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, but if you look at the Vikings, so the Vikings come in at, you know, 1100s or whatever, and it's another three or 400 years before Columbus actually gets there. So when you look at, like, moon landings, did you have to have the first clunky, awkward you know, spaceship that, that lands right. on the moon. And then people were like, well, we did it, but that was such a crappy experience that it's completely unfeasible, you know. And now with some improved technology, it's like, oh, maybe we could do something. And, and rather than just say we did it, you know. But here's my big question. Wasn't there an American flag stuck in the moon? Still is. Can you see it on a satellite? No. They say that... Uh, they're supposedly sending a probe to the moon, a satellite that will just circle the moon, and supposedly that one will actually be able to see it. Maybe they've already done that because I don't. I'm behind. I'm old news when it comes to space exploration. Oh. I'm on the old side instead of the new side. I should probably follow it more because it is fascinating. But, anyways, that it it will actually from that you can see it. But um, there's no, as far as I know, there's no telescope on Earth that is good enough to see it. There are some of the telescopes show. So, so we have telescopes that can see Mars, equipment. but we can't see a flag on the moon. Well, some of them are good enough from Earth, they say, because of pictures I've seen that show some of the old equipment that was left there. Yeah. That, and it's kind of has that shape to where you go, oh, okay. But, but picking out a thin little pole, pole <laughs> and a thin little yeah. piece of cloth. Uh, Interesting. All right. Well, we really need to wrap this one up. So thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch next year to see how well our crazy conspiracies and predictions are right. One of these years, we're going to just get super lucky and (laughs) be like, how did you know? I didn't. I was making crap up. That's right. (laughs) It's it's fun sometimes. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. All right. Take care.